Welcome to Season 5 of the Let's Talk Data podcast series, presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies with leading experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Let's Talk Data podcast. Today's topic is the SAP integration story and the role of master data. My name is Timo Elliott, and I'm an innovation evangelist for SAP, and I'll be hosting today's conversation with Torben Schuchart, Head of Domain Services at SAP, and Andreas Dern, Head of Master Data Management at SAP. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Hello. We will be discussing the role of Master Data Management in the Integrated Intelligent Enterprise, and Let me just start with the basics, master data management, MDM. These solutions are built to reconcile multiple versions of master data across disparate applications to create a sort of golden record for each master data entity. So customers, products, assets, locations, and so on. It's not a new discipline at all, but as data diversity has increased over the last few years, there's also been a rise in the demand for master data reconciliation and management across on-premise, in the cloud, different applications, and so on. So, Andreas, let me start with you. Traditionally, master data management has involved a very centralized approach, or alternatively, trying to swap data from with one application to another application. How have you seen that evolving? What are the, the pros and cons of different approaches? Yeah, right. So if you think back a few years, I think there was always this relatively stable number of systems and the landscape. And maybe more importantly, even there was quite a stable system of business models for each of the companies. Um, So there was always, from the beginning of MDM, the attempt to govern and manage the master data in one central system. So there was always this kind of push to get all the master data in one central instance, to align fully on the data models, to align fully on the rules for those attributes, and also to align who is really responsible for which part of the master data. Now, this is quite difficult if you have ever-changing environments and if you have you know, systems coming and going. And this is the case today. You have to in- innovate on the business models. You have cloud systems that you take up, um, you have to spin down. Um, so things are changing. They are not as stable as they used to be. So in a way, our customers are now running behind the reality. Um, they They try to... Um, put everything into one system, but then until you have done for the current scope, things have changed. So this becomes like a never-ending story with high efforts, um, very time-consuming actually, and difficult to achieve. So, so that's this is the... the- this is this notion of the single version of the truth, and people try to get there, but it's really hard in real-world environments. Yes, indeed, indeed. And, and we, what we hear from customers is, um, they, they take now more an attempt on look, looking into what, what is worth the effort. Yeah? So, so where do you have the best return on your investment? So you, you give up basically on trying to get everything in one single system. However, what you do is something that we call federation of master data management. So that you really try to get the core, the essence of your master data into this central instance but that you leave the data where they are best understood. You know? So for example, application-specific master data, like uh, dunning procedures, payment terms, um, maybe also um, how you assess a, a supplier, um, whether this is a good supplier, whether it is um, complying with your rules. 
So these kind of data are quite business centric and it's best if you simply leave them in the applications, in the context of the LOBs. But you make it sound easy, right? Presumably, if this were easy, people would have done it from the beginning. What, what changed to enable a new approach? Yeah, you have to, of course, design the systems, including the MDM system, um, to cater for this approach. Um, so you have to foresee that the data flow of integration is, is working nicely. Um, you have to have a concept, what we call um, data orchestration, master data orchestration, where you can basically um, keep the rules on who and which system is responsible for which part of the master data. So for example, you have a master data system that is responsible for the address data of a business partner of a party, um, but you have then a procurement system where you do the assessment in the context of the procurement processes, whether a supplier is a good one or not. So it's very much about delegating the responsibility for different parts of your metadata as well as the, the actual technical system. Yes, and if you have adaptive models so that you can adapt to the actual situation that you have in your landscape, this will lead to much quicker results and you have a much better return on investment. That sounds wonderful. Um, and we're going to go into the details in just a minute, but Torben, let me turn to you. How does this notion of federated master data management and governance relate to SAP's overall vision of an integrated intelligent enterprise? Yeah, Timo, also if we go back a few years, and I think also Andreas mentioned it already, the, the, the customers has their one, one ERP system. But now, what is now the situation with our customers? They have many different applications, SAP applications, sometimes non-SAP applications, which are all look a little bit different and also have a little bit different master data objects. So this means, um, for example, a supplier is, is not looking similar to in Ariba to a supplier in an S4 system. So, and, and therefore we developed this vision of this intelligent enterprise suite. This means, that for our customer, it should really feel if they use different applications for, from us, it should really feel like they are working working in a consistent suite. This means for, for to have this experience for our customers, it's really important to have aligned and consistent business objects across the, the application. And that is, as, as um, Andreas mentioned, that is, that is very important. And there comes really then this master data governance uh, in, into the into the game and to achieve this this goal really we have then in the area of master data we have there three three main pillars and this is the one domain model which is really the foundation of our business technology platform and also of the intelligent enterprise then we have the master data integration service and as andreas mentioned the mdg cloud edition so let, let me step back a little bit. So obviously, SAP, we care a lot about end-to-end -end business processes, lead to cash, source to pay, design to operate. We believe that this is what organizations and business people ultimately care about uh, across all of the systems, the existing landscapes in the cloud, on-premise, and different vendors. So these are tools to help with that. You mentioned this is master data governance. Could you just briefly touch on the differences that you see between master data integration, master data management, and master data governance? Because sometimes those terms. Yes, yes, mate. Yeah, it's a good point, Timo. So um, the master data management means that I really handle as a customer 
the quality of, of, of my master data. And this master data management there, the SAP product is master data governance. Master data integration is really about integration master data. This means to really replicate master data between different applications. Thank you. And, and of course, at SAP, we work very hard to make sure that our suite of intelligent applications is integrated across the various uh, S4HANA and success factors and so on. So we've been talking about making sure that those are integrated easily. How about uh, third-party tools? And, and maybe could you explain a little bit more about this one domain model? How does that work? How do people use it? So if we think about, I really like to compare the one domain model with languages. When I, for example, I speak German, you, for example, your um, mother language. I'm, I'm based in Paris, so I, I speak yeah, French. Yeah, your mother language is really French. Then the one domain model for us both would be now English. This means the one domain model is the lingua franca that we can really communicate with each other. And for the example I, I brought up earlier with, with Ariba, it is really the, the, the supplier in Ariba looks different, has, has some different attributes than, than the supplier in S4. And the one domain model is now the common model of both objects. This means the attributes of each of these objects is mapped to the one domain model. And this allows, if you think further, this allows really an out-of-the-box integration of, of these objects in the intelligence suite. And this is where then really the master data integration service comes into the game because this is really the central access layer for master data sharing and distribution. And this enables customers to integrate master data objects between SAP cloud systems out of the box. This means that the time a customer needs to set it up is, is drastically reduced by this service. And it is also, and that's where we come back then to the master data management area. And it is also seamlessly integrated with our MDG solutions. This means especially with our new SAP MDG Cloud Edition. So it's about uh, being able to integrate uh, various applications across business process faster and more easily because they're speaking the same language, even if they have different backgrounds. Yeah, and it's also maybe to, to add for the master data integration service, there we switch also the paradigm that you have one-to-one -one integrations. This means each application speaks with, uh, with another application. We really shifted this to a kind of star integration. This means a one-to-end integration. And there, the master data integration service is really the central point. When you say star model, is that a bit like a hub and spoke where you can... You define it once and then different applications can use that concept? Yes. Thank you. Uh, let me turn to another area where master data is incredibly important, and it's having to do with uh, analytics and now increasingly intelligent technologies like machine learning and intelligent automation. So, Andreas, let me turn to you. How does master data management, master data governments help get more value out of data? Yeah, indeed. So we see a very high interest with our customers for intelligent technologies. And I think it's in two ways relevant. So first of all, of course, um, you need to have clean data in order to have meaningful outcome if you throw your data into an intelligent algorithm. Um, if you put something wrong in, you will get meaningless results out. So that's the first point. But then, of course, we also see very, very high interest 
in automating the master data management in itself. And here AI and KI can bring a lot of value as well. Um, so why automation? I mean, you have so many master data, you have so many changes of your master data that nobody is interested anymore. Nobody wants to type in data manually. Um, it's very, very costly. I know customers you know, who have uh, hundreds of people in uh, remote locations just for maintaining their master data. And that's something that is not really scalable, something that you cannot uh, afford if you want to be uh, successful in today's business world. So you don't want to type in data that you can uh, purchase, for example, or that you can get from um, non-profit organizations uh, outside of your own, own organization. So there are these um, external data sources that you want to connect to. Um, these can be commercial offerings, that can be open data offerings where you can Digest, for example, addresses, um, identification numbers, uh, text numbers, all this kind of stuff, for examples, for third-party data. And then you have the other attributes um, that are internal to your own organization. It's more complex. You cannot really acquire them from the external sources, but still customers want to automate these pieces as well. And they do so um, either on, on, on the basis of rules, um, so you can of course, derive data based on, on, on well-defined rules that you set up in the system by using templates, for example. But also here, uh, we can use, for example, predictive models um, so that you have um, algorithms crawling your data, proposing how certain attributes are correlated, and then have smart um, suggestions once you uh, fill your data with good suggestions so that you don't have to do this manually. For example, we worked with customers for something that we call rule mining. So algorithms that look at the data at a customer and find rules on how data is correlated. And that can save a lot of effort. In today's world, there's a typical pattern that you hire a bunch of consultants and they do lots of interviews. They look at the data and then they come up with hundreds of rules and you have a lengthy process on selecting those rules and then finally implementing them manually in the system that's simply not necessary. You can have algorithms for this. Um, you don't need that many consultants. You get very healthy proposals for the business rules and you simply let them be implemented by your business users. I think I saw this, uh, there was a project that I saw reviewed and it was uh, basically, one of the examples given was, uh, it was basically red widgets weigh this much, as do blue widgets, as do yellow widgets. So if you have an orange widget, it's probably the same weight. It was just a, a quick and easy way of detecting that kind of simple pattern so that you don't have to pay expensive consultants to do it for you. And um, I heard analogy used the other day. It, it's better to plug the holes before bailing the boat than to just focus on bailing. So when it comes to data quality, you can, if you can stop bad data from getting into the system in the first place, there's less work to do in actually cleaning up the data that gets into the system. And it sounds like we're going to use these technologies to do both of those. Yes. Use use intelligence to stop people putting bad data in the first place and use automation and third party data sources. And then if we do have incomplete data, we're going to use algorithms to clean it up or or fill in the missing value. Uh, Torben, any any feedback from you on this general issue of data quality it really is one of the biggest barriers to using data in the real world. 
Yeah, I think this data quality the topic is a very, very important topic. If we, if we look at customers, we, we always see and almost each and every customer how how important the, the data quality is and, and how how bad it is if the quality is, is not good. So so we will lose and we get all the feedback of of, uh, of customers who used our data quality rules and used also our data quality the dashboards that they really improve the data quality and they really see process improvement. So this means also the processes, if you think that master data is also has an effect on processes. If you have bad master data, then you can have also good processes. They will not smoothly run. And that, that we saw at our customers, that due to the data quality improvements, they also improved their processes. Maybe just to name one example. Um, so there is a customer called Döhler. Um, they're in the business of ingredients and ingredient systems for the food and beverage industry. Um, that's quite a low margin uh, business and they have lots of new products in their system because they are driving on innovation. Um, they have more than a million product data in their system. And for them, of course, it's very, very important that the data quality is good from the start but that they also have the insight that the data quality stays the same. So you have new rules coming into the system. And of course, you have to have your KPIs, your alerts, your events, your notifications, and possibly also the automatic correction of data um, to just keep the processes uh, running as effectively as possible. And I also want to put, you, put in a pitch for the uh, intelligent robotic process automation uh, tools from SAP. I recently was a judge for the Innovation Awards, and one of the organizations was using that specifically around uh, master data with, for example, invoices coming in from suppliers into an email inbox. It would open the inbox from the supplier, open up the PDF, figure out which of the fields that should be taken from that PDF and put them directly into the system without people having to do any manual re-entry of data, which sounds like a great way to uh, avoid problems. Let me talk about how organizations can get started. So we're talking like theoretically about all of these different uh, possibilities. How about when he comes like concretely to, to the latest and greatest products? Tell me a little bit more about uh, SAP Master Data Governance Cloud Edition. Yeah, I can take that. Um, so um, we are going to offer a new version of MDG, um, MDG Cloud Edition, as you said. Um, this is fully deployed on the cloud and this is well integrated with the rest of SAP's portfolio, of course, also with today's offering of master data governance. So the nice thing about this is that um, it fully reflects our idea of the federation of master data. It's designed to take part in the flow of master data, including master data integration based on ODM, on, on our data models, uh, being open to be integrated also with third-party data. And it will prove um, a fast time, time to value. Um, the idea is that you don't have high upfront costs. You don't have to install an own system. You don't have to go, go for the mastering of the full data models, governing the full data models across the landscape. However, you focus first on the core parts of your master data which means that you have a much faster return on investment. Do I have to have an existing master data governance solution in order to use this, or can I go straight to the cloud? You can go straight to the cloud. If you have a master data governance solution already in your landscape, it can take care for the on-premise parts of your master data. 
So if I'm a small organization, I might just go straight to the cloud and that might be exactly uh, the kind of solution I need to to bring data between the different applications that I have. Perhaps I have several different cloud applications, some from SAP, some from non-SAP. This is a solution that can help me create a single view across that landscape. Yeah, and in this case, you also get all the benefits which we are mentioned before. This means the out-of-the-box integration between the different SAP cloud solutions. You have an out-of-the-box integration with SAP MDG Cloud Edition. And this is really what Andrea said, this is a really fast time to get value. Great. Well, let's finish with some nice practical advice for anybody listening. What is your advice for organizations who are embarking on an MDM journey or they already have something in place and they want to take it to the next level? Let me start with you, Torben. What would be your advice to people? Perhaps things that you see people getting wrong. Don't underestimate the value of, of a good quality of your master data. As I, as I mentioned, it is a, you don't think, oh, it's only master data, but the master data is really the foundation for all the processes. So you should really consider to improve your quality of, of the master data. And Andreas? Yeah, from my point of view, I think it's important not to forget about the change management part of successful MDM projects. So, of course, it's all about software technology governance and processes, but in the end, it's about people and how you involve them, how to make them successful as a part of an MDM project. And this change management aspect, I think, is very important as well. I have sometimes joked that uh, bad data is never about bad platforms. It's usually about bad incentives that organizations should start by figuring out who does and doesn't care about data quality and why before they go further. I'd add my piece of advice, which is that federated data governance also calls for the right technology partner. So look for a trusted advisor with a clear vision for master data management, master data governance in the future. So thank you very much for your time, uh, Torben and Andreas. Thank you. So just to summarize, uh, we believe that a more federated master data management approach is a key step for any organization trying to become a more intelligent enterprise with the technologies we talked about today, all part of the SAP business technology platform. If you'd like more useful information to help you be successful with your master data management, master data governance projects, or you'd like to hear feedback from other organizations like yourselves who've already implemented these kinds of solutions, please go to sap.com slash for more information. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others and subscribe to the podcast to hear more using your favorite podcast platform. So if you go to your platform, such as Apple Podcasts, search for Let's Talk Data Podcast and hit subscribe. That will help us get the word out to more people. We have lots of other great data-related topics planned for the rest of the year. With that, uh, thank you so much for your time. We wish you the best of of luck with your future projects and Goodbye.